Welcome to The Company We Keep. I'm your host, Ali Bose. This idea of The Company We Keep is something I've been paying close attention to, especially over the last several years as I've been going through my 20s. To kick off this podcast, I wanted to share the specific experiences that have shown me the importance of being intentional about the company we keep. And by company, I mean the people we surround ourselves with, the jobs we have, the thoughts in our mind, the foods we eat, where we live, and how we spend our free time. All of my experiences in the past several years have forced me to look closely at everything I'm bringing into my life. So I'll share how all of these things have played out for me, and then each episode this season, I'll have a friend on to talk about how the company we keep plays a role in their life. We hope that by sharing our stories of how we got to where we are now, we can all give each other ideas and inspiration for what to do next. For this first episode, I have my best friend, Sarah Majestic, here to give her perspective as I reflect on my journey thus far. She's been through this roller coaster ride that is our 20s with me and can help me paint this picture. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Yeah, when Allie told me about this podcast, I was just blown away because it's such a fun idea to reflect on our 20s and bring in different pieces of our lives, but she's always cooking up something really fun. So I was really excited about the podcast, but then even more excited when she asked me to be a part of it. So I'm Sarah. Allie and I have been friends since college. We both went to Purdue University. And we were in the same sorority. We were in Kappa Alpha Theta. And we even lived in the same dorm, but we didn't really become really close best friends until junior year. I was trying to rack my brain thinking like, why did it take so long if we were in the same circle of friends, in the same sorority, in the same dorm? And I really still don't know. But Allie has always really had my back and been like the most loyal friend. Um, She's so caring, sensitive, understanding, and it's been fun going through life with each other and Um, Even though our paths have gone different ways, we've always been there for each other and have kept close even after school. And now, I mean, into that, our late, almost late 20s, which is crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've been thinking about, you know, I feel like all throughout our 20s, it's almost been, like you said, our paths have kind of gone different ways, but it's like, it's just been so cool because like you're in a lot of ways, this anchor who just continues to charge forward and really like go down a path that you love and then I'm just here bouncing around and doing all these different things and I'm like what do I do next yeah but from like a personality standpoint you're also my anchor too because you're always there for me no matter what I don't know we just had so much fun in college too like looking back we both were like super focused on school and career driven and wanting to make the best of our lives but also we went the same speed in college too we weren't like over the top crazy but we still had fun dancing at where else and going to basketball games and being on exec together in our sorority yeah totally I mean I've been reflecting on our whole college experience (laughs) and for me I mean just kind of diving into what college was like I majored in graphic design and in a lot of ways majoring in graphic design was kind of my saving grace during college of different chaotic times college in in and of itself was a roller coaster but there was just a lot of angst and you know wanting to build this career but not knowing how and I'm what do I do and graphic design for me was like this way for me to escape and put my headphones in and just like go to town on sketching prototyping, all of these things that then became this final product. And so each 
design project was so fun for me because I was so immersed in it and in my own world. But as college went on, reality started to set in of how can I really build this life for myself with design, being a designer. And I didn't really know what that looks like. I didn't have examples of how that would actually play out. But I mean, during college, I did a study abroad program in London where I interned with a fashion photographer duo is like a couple who were these fashion photographers and I was there as a graphic designer for them but that's really where I kind of started to see like how marketing could play out on more of a commercial scale they photographed at fashion weeks but they also did product shoots and marketing assets for clothing companies and makeup companies and it was incredible to see and I was in London for eight weeks living there and working there I got that experience just before junior year, and then we went back to the States. When we went back for junior year, that was still trying to figure out how to set myself up. I was like, okay, this is all the stuff I learned in London. How can I start to apply that in my career as I move forward? And so after junior year, I got an internship that kind of helped me go forward in that kind of breaking away from graphic design and trying to figure out lean more into the marketing realm. So I ended up interning um, in Chicago at a global advertising agency. And when I was there, uh, I was doing media planning and buying. With that, I was really setting my creativity aside. And my internship in Chicago at this large advertising agency was incredible. It was very glamorous. There were a lot of free things, free food. We were working with these really large, well-known brands, breakfast brands that you grew up with. And they're just such an integral part of your childhood. While that experience was really cool, I still wasn't sure what was next. So then that takes us to senior year. And, you know, I feel like senior year, we had so much fun senior year, but we were still trying to figure out like what to do in our career. What was our first job going to be? And I remember us always talking about, like, yeah, <laughs> what are we going to do? I mean, even though like we knew we were setting ourselves up for success, we were like still so devoted to school. Like we were always the last ones up at night, the first ones up in the morning, in the basement studying or you working on your portfolio. I remember always you were working on your portfolio. And I I honestly loved looking through it because it was so different than like anything I like I'm I like being creative, but have never done it like as a career or anything. It's more just, I don't know, hobby. <laughs> small yeah. career, small like creative things. But I always loved looking through your portfolio because it was such a good example of like all of the different projects you've done. And I, even though I wasn't like kind of in your industry, I felt like, oh my gosh, Allie has so much to show a future employer and she's so much to be proud of. Like she'll have no problem. Um, and I remember you working at the CCO, so you were very like focused on not only like helping your career development, but others too. I remember girls in Theta would like bring their resume to you and you would critique it and things like that. So yeah, we were, we had tons of fun, but we were also still very focused on school. Yeah, for sure. I remember <laughs> there was like a time senior year when it was all of a sudden these like offer letters were coming yeah. in. It was this exciting time for everyone because exciting, but also anxious time of like, yeah. when am I going to get my own offer letter? When, you know, it was 
it was such a I just remember it being exciting but also very tense yeah and it was so dependent on like people's like the area in which they were looking for a job like if they were in like a corporation I mean if they could get a job at a career fair versus networking I mean yeah it was a little bit tense yeah for sure and I mean like I had decided at that time that I was going to go into advertising as my first job yeah. and like for me I just remember signing that first offer letter I accepted a job in advertising back home in Indianapolis doing media planning and buying for a for-profit higher education client the office in Indianapolis really existed to only serve this client so I got to my first job Four weeks in, we lost our only client. There was nothing we could do about it because these for-profit colleges were being shut down. They could no longer operate. So that was a huge learning experience for me. And I, I think the biggest thing that I took away from that is I noticed during that time, everyone was really trying to be optimistic. And what I really had to learn the hard way was you always have to trust your own gut. And you have to do the research on the situation and evaluate it for yourself. And really, I should have been doing research on the state of the client and the company before I even accepted the offer. But I don't know. I mean, I th- I think everything happens for a reason. So getting laid off in my first job was like, it was tough. And just kind of being thrown back into the job search pool and having to kind of come to terms with the fact that my first job had gone away and quote unquote failed and just having to kind of pull myself out of that and figure out, okay, well, what do I want to do next? I don't know. It was was such a time of rejection and applying to a ton of jobs, not getting responses or rejections. And it was just like, there was so much resistance around it. Did you feel like you were looking for something different than in that second job because of kind of not the rejection or like failure of the first job, but like the things you learned from that? Do you feel like you, that kind of evolved what you were looking for in your second job? I don't know if I had really evolved enough at that point. I think I was still so stuck as I was trying to figure out the second job. I was so desperate to find something. Coming from college, working at the CCO, like you said, the it's the Center for Career Opportunities and just having so much focus on what the resume looks like. When I was going into this second job, I was more so concerned about not wanting to have a giant gap on my resume. Yeah. I wish I didn't do that. I mean, I think, and now it's like, okay, well, I mean, especially during COVID now, like, you know, people are going to have gaps on their resume and that can always be a great invitation for anyone interviewing you to ask why, and it gives you an opportunity to share why there was a gap and maybe share a little bit more about yourself. Um, and kind of what you learned during that time. But I took the second job out of desperation and feeling like I had to, like society told me that I had to get another job when in hindsight, that job was not (laughs) what I wanted. I mean, thankfully, in my last internship that I did in Chicago, the door had always been kind of left open. They actually offered me a job straight out of college. 
Um, but I had turned it down because I wanted to move back home to Indianapolis and save money. And yeah, and we had a lot of, I mean, we still do have a lot of friends from college who moved back here. So we would always get together. It was really fun when we first got out of school. Definitely. And it was, it was really fun being able to be back here right after college. I, I really cherish that time. But as I was in the second job, I was getting antsy. I was like, there's something else I need to be doing. This isn't I, it was like after six months of being there or something, just knowing that this wasn't where I was supposed to be. And so I had still kept in touch with the place I interned in Chicago. And I was able to reconnect with the HR manager. And I remember she had just gotten back from maternity leave. And I emailed her and I was like, hey, I know that you gave me an offer letter a year ago and I turned it down but I'm wondering if the opportunity is still on the table. And we ended up talking on the phone maybe a couple weeks later. And on that phone call, I remember I was on a lunch break sitting in a Target parking lot. And she was just like, I have an open role for you. Can you be in Chicago on Monday, which was two weeks from that point? And I, I just said, yes. I didn't know how I was going to get there where I was going to live. But I don't know. In that moment, I was just like, I have to get out of yeah. this situation that I'm did in. Did you know much about, like you knew about the company because you had interned there, but did you know, and we probably did, much about like the role itself that she was offering you? So with this company, they don't tell you what exactly you're going to be working on, which yeah. is a lot of the reason why I didn't accept the offer coming out of college. Yep. But in this conversation that we had on the phone, she was able to tell me what client I'd be working on. Had she not told me what client, I think I might have been more kind of hesitant. But she told me the client and I was just like, I know that this is a great opportunity. I know that I'm going to learn so much if I do this. I was just ready to run into the fire. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like after knowing you all this time, you're, you've always been trying, like tried to plan out your life. And I have too. We're, we're very like calculated and wanting to yes. know what's next. Like, were you nervous just taking this like almost blind leap of faith, leaving Indianapolis, moving to Chicago with a job that you didn't know too much about? I mean, what made you say yes? In that moment, I almost had to turn my brain off and just say like, I just didn't see a way for myself to stay in the place that I was in. I needed to leap and just try something new. There was so much adrenaline around that decision that I don't think the nerves really set in until like the day before I left. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was such a whirlwind of a time. So I accepted that job. After I got off the phone with the HR manager, she sent me the offer letter that night. I texted a couple, a few of our friends who lived in Chicago in an apartment at the time. And I was just like, hey, so I accepted a job. Any way I could live on your couch for just a month or so while I get settled. <laughs> <laughs> and they were so kind and generous. And they were like, yeah, of course. And so, oh my gosh, I mean... I owe so much to our friends who allowed me to do that. Fast forward a couple of weeks and I'm my dad's like driving me up to Chicago with one suitcase and I'm just going there to start this life in Chicago <laughs> and live on our friend's couch. <laughs> um, 
there were a lot of moving parts um, to me actually going there, to starting the job, to finding an apartment, to finding a roommate. It was just a lot of swirl. And and you had had like so many previous, I don't know, you'd had good jobs, but like none of them had worked out. So you were probably like super, not anxious, but just like ready for a clean start in a new city, new company, new job. I mean, was some of that running through your head, just wanting to do a really good job at first? Yes. I knew I'd by going to this new city, I'd be starting just on a clean slate. Yes, I had in- interned at this company previously, so I kind of already knew a few people at the yeah. company, which that was exciting to be able to go back and just like reconnect with those people. And I wanted to do a really good job. Um, and I think I put a lot of pressure around myself to do a really good job. Let's see, I got to Chicago on a Sunday and then I started work on that Monday. And so it was so much, every single step of the day, I was trying to figure out my life at work and outside of work. I just became like over time, it probably took like a month or so to figure out my living situation. But I mean, work was just insane. I mean, the the pace of the job was insane. All of the work that I was doing was completely new to me. Like I was fresh, even though I had interned there, it was in a completely different area. And I was on a digital team. And so the digital media landscape has changed so much every single day, it changes. I was having to work really hard to catch up and come up to speed on the work through it all my work and how well I was doing at work almost became like synonymous with like my identity and my self-worth. And that became a really scary place to be because at the time I had a really hard situation with my boss because my boss at the time was calling and Dick almost every day. And I felt like I was kind of being just thrown into the deep end on a lot of things. And there wasn't really like a life-saving mechanism to help me out. Yeah. I can remember even like you had limited amount of hours that you could work and you couldn't fit in like all the work that you needed to in those hours. And I remember, I think you had to like give a big presentation that your boss probably should have been giving. Yeah. You didn't have all the support that you needed. And I think in a spot that you're talking about where you're stressed, you're putting pressure on yourself for high learning agility I don't feel like you had the right support, but you did it. Um, It just brought on some stress. Yeah, I definitely did not have the support. Upper level leadership on the team was there when I needed them to be there, but I felt bad reaching out to ask for help. That time was tough. Like I'd get to work in the morning. I'd receive an email or two that would somewhat trigger me and I would just get like I had irregular heartbeats at work. Like I just remember not being able to get it under control. During that time too, I did have support of like my coworker peers. We really started to build great relationships because we were all kind of going through the same thing, trying to help each other through. And so I, I owe a lot to those friends who have kind of helped me at work along the way when things are way too stressful all of that stress kind of led to me developing all these stomach problems and not being able to feel well after eating any sort of meal and just feeling so sick all the time. I got some blood work done at the doctor because I was like, okay, I need to figure out what exactly is going on. And I ended up finding out that I had developed all these food sensitivities and I had just absolutely insane 
drastically high cortisol levels, which is the stress. And so the lifestyle that I had taken on had really taken over my body. And the only way I saw to move forward was to cut everything out, to cut the problem foods out of my diet. That in and of itself was hard because I was living in Chicago, which food is the center of the social scene. And at work, we'd get all this free food. We'd take into all of these free experiences, which was amazing, but food was a central part of that. It was just really hard to kind of be around all this food that I could no longer eat and still kind of function. My friends know how much I love food. So it was just really hard. Yeah, we used to go to Cold Stone all the time in college. I know. I mean, I miss that. <laughs> I know. There was like one time in my life where I literally went to Cold Stone every single day, which for people who don't know what Cold Stone is, it's ice cream. But I would like seek out Cold Stone. Like really to. amazing ice cream though, where they can mix in like anything that your heart desires. Yeah, like gummy bears. I always actually kind of wanted to work at Cold Stone growing up because at one because it would be really cool to work with ice cream but two because I feel like the people always had like really toned arms because they're like always they use these like utensils and are like crunching down like Reese's Pieces and peanut butter cups and mixing it all with ice cream and they just always seemed like they had nice arms they probably had really sore arms too I know I know but they had some good muscles there I wanted those arm muscles. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I hope one day, one day I'll go back to Cold Stone. Yeah, me too. I will be there for that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I kind of shifted into this whole trying to sustain myself at work, but prioritizing my health. And during that time too, I, all of these weird things started to happen to my body. Like I went to the eye doctor and they found this like cloudy spot on my retina and he my eye doctor referred me to the specialist the guy was like yeah you're going to be dealing with this for the rest of your life it's like macular degeneration you're going to have to have surgery at some point and i was just like what is my life coming to like how did this actually happen and so i didn't really know what to do with that diagnosis but i did know that i had to cut foods out of my diet and before that, I didn't really prioritize cooking for myself or grocery shopping. And I, it was really the first time I had been living on my own. So what was your like starting point for starting to like cook on your own? Were you, I don't know, did you find some bloggers or recipe books that were, you were able to eat everything out of them? So finding recipes was really hard for me at first because I found, so basically the results of my blood work, my food panel, they came back and it was like a list of foods. And it was ranked uh, zero, one, two, or three, anything ranked one, two, or three, I had to cut out at that time. Um, because the higher the number, the more sensitive you are, I had to start meal planning. And I took that list of like the food panel results. And I was like, okay, what is ranked as zero on here? What am I not sensitive to? And so I made a list of those things. And then I started to figure out how I could arrange those things in my meal planning. At first, I really had to rely on just my food panel results. And I had a hard time looking for recipes because I didn't, I wasn't sure how to substitute things in and out and what to, how to still keep the integrity of the recipes while catering to my own food sensitivities. 
Um, so during that time, I ate plain meals. It was like chicken, broccoli, and another vegetable, or, you know, it was, it was very plain, but I was feeling better. I didn't feel sick after eating, which I didn't even realize that it was possible to eat foods and not feel terrible, which was such an eye-opening thing for me. So that was kind of how I slowly but surely ramped up into this new lifestyle. Another thing that my doctor kind of tasked me to do was like get more sleep, exercise consistently. And so I started to do that. And that was around the time when I had those boundaries at work where it's like, you could only work 40 hours. You have to log off at five. And that was in response to a law that went into effect around that time. People making below a certain amount of money had to only work, like they could only work 40 hours a week. That ended up being a blessing for me. I mean, it was hard to get all my work done in the amount of time. It also required me to leave work and focus on myself. So that time was good. I remember going back to that eye doctor again, who had told me I had that cloudy spot on my retina. After like a year of doing this, revamping my diet, getting a lot of sleep, getting a lot of exercise, I went back to the eye doctor and they did the photos again and the cloudy spot was gone and my doctor was so surprised. He's like, what have you done in your life to make this go away? Because I, he said he's never seen anything like that. And I was like, well, I've completely changed the food I'm eating and how much sleep I'm getting and all of this stuff. And so that was really the first time I realized like how powerful food can be and changing your lifestyle could be for your health. It's interesting because as I've been building my career, health has also been inserting itself into the conversation. Like every single step of the way, health is in my face. It's almost like the universe is like, hey, attention. <laughs> I was still working in Chicago at that same company and I ended up getting promoted. And with that promotion, it allowed me to move into my own apartment, which that was really exciting. I kind of balled out and went to a high rise building and on the 19th floor overlooking Lake Michigan. And that was the time when I was like, yes, I have made it. Yeah, that apartment rocked. I think I only got to see it once, maybe twice, but it was such a cool apartment. That apartment, I really moved there at the right time because that was when I had transitioned teams. When I was promoted, I was working on a different client and the work was ramping up. It never stopped ramping up with this work. It was so busy partly because we had just won the business. And so we were trying to onboard the client and get everything up to speed and we were understaffed. Yeah, I felt everything was taking a turn when this all happened, when you got promoted and when you moved into your own apartment. I was like, okay, maybe this is going to be it. Maybe it was like going to totally take a turn. I thought I was on the up and up, <laughs> but... <laughs> The more I started to work on this new team and in this new role, the worse my health started to get. Like I had already eliminated the foods from my diet that weren't serving me. I was thinking at the time, like, well, what else could be wrong? Like, <laughs> I'm doing everything right. There's nothing more I could be doing. Yeah. And then the universe just was laughing. And just when I thought everything was going right, I mean, the stress level was way too high. Weird things started happening. My acne started to really flare up and my teeth started to move. My body just felt so inflamed all the time. And it was almost like I wasn't even 
living in my own body. Like I'd be sitting at my desk at work and just everything felt so heavy and my feet and toes and legs all were tingling. My fingers were tingling. Do you think other people felt that like just crazy amount of stress that you either that where you were like interacted with in Chicago and in different industries or in your same company? Like, do you think that's just like a cultural thing in a big city or in a big company? Yeah. I mean, I think at that particular company, it's part of the culture. During this time, kind of as I mentioned, like having my coworkers who have turned to be lifelong friends, having them there throughout that time was incredible because they were also kind of experiencing similar anxieties. And yeah, a lot of people kind of had different cases of irregular heartbeat, panic attacks, anxiety, just not feeling like they can truly move forward. Yeah, it was just crazy. It was crazy to be a part of an environment like that where so many people were experiencing the same thing. So I didn't totally feel alone, which was good, but it was also this problem of like, why is this happening to everyone? This is really concerning. I remember around the time that I had moved into my own apartment and started this new role, we had gone to San Francisco and that was a terrible trip for us <laughs> because- I was just talking about that yesterday. I, really? I, it always will be a, an experience I will never, ever forget. We'll have to do another podcast on that whole trip, probably. That trip is like one for the books. When we were on that trip, everything went wrong. Spoiler alert, we got robbed. Um, <laughs> we're not hiding anything. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, good. Yeah, we got robbed and everything was taken uh, well, most things were taken. Some things were later found in a park by this random woman and her husband. I got back to Chicago and one day I just woke up and I was getting on the bus to go to work. It just hit me like, I have to get out. This is not for me. I can't be here anymore. I can't like, it's way too much. What do you think like was like the final straw that you were like, I have, you made the decision in your mind? Because if I remember correctly, it kind of, it was a long time coming. Like you and I would talk and I'm like, you got to move home because it's hurting your health. Like there's too much stress, but it, it took a while. But in your mind, what was like the final thing that you were like, yeah, this, I'm done with Chicago. I need to move. Us getting robbed in San Francisco really helped put things into perspective. If my health concerns hadn't already caused concern for me, it's interesting that us getting robbed would be the one to do that. But it was just like, I just felt way out of control. I just needed to be in a place where I could prioritize my health and I just didn't really see a way to prioritize my health in Chicago. I don't know if it was just the city or if it was the company in particular where I just couldn't do it anymore, but I don't know. It was just like a snowball effect, I think. So like every time you and I would talk on the phone, it's like, oh yeah, this is getting bad. This is getting bad. This is getting bad. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, when is it finally going to like happen where she'll she's like I can't do this anymore and I know it was kind of the I think you were looking for like a new job too at that point so I think feels like that some of that played into it because I can understand like not wanting to move somewhere and not have not like be employed for a period of time I get it but yeah I can remember that time very well so once I decided 
that I was going to start job searching to move back to Indianapolis. I thought it'd be easy. In my experience, I found that moving to a job in a new city can be harder. It could take a little bit longer to find a job that you feel okay about and that you like. Yeah. And you also were having to find time to like interview and send in resumes and things on top of having a full-time job. So I remember that. Not that, not that your like life wasn't stressful enough, but you already, you were adding on additional stuff all to make it better. But still there was a lot going on at that period. Yeah. I remember there were certain times where it's like, there'd be one week at work where a couple of days I'd have to stay at the office or work until midnight. And then the next day I'd have to stop working a little bit early so I could send a few resumes or apply to jobs or just respond to recruiter emails. It was just such a crazy time. Do you think like it ever got easier, this whole job? So you've done now job searching more times than a lot of people our age, which is a good and a bad thing. But do you think it ever like got easier or is it always just a challenge? I don't know that it gets easier. I mean, I applied to a lot of positions and I think what I've learned is that you just have to keep putting yourself out there and you have to keep talking to people. And sometimes a quick conversation could be way more impactful and create more progress than you just firing off resumes to random people. That job search took so long for me, but I I learned the power of the relationships that you have and also how sometimes it pays off to just like surrender and know that you're trying your absolute best to put yourself out there and just enjoy where you are and what's happening and trying to gather as many lessons as you need to learn where you are right now before you move on to the next step. So this job search took me like a year. And during that time, my apartment lease had ended. And so what do you know, full circle moment, I moved back onto our friend's couch, same friends that I (laughs) lived with when I first moved to Chicago, which bless (laughs) their souls, I will forever be thankful for them. And that was really kind of them to have allow me to move back in. It was such a time in limbo. It was like not having my own apartment was really interesting. And I, I think I can't, it became so obvious to me, like the importance of having your own living space and kind of when that is taken away or when you don't have your own living space. For me, I find it hard to feel grounded. And so during that time, I, I almost just felt like I was floating. I go to work, come back, go to sleep. And for a couple weeks, that was really tough. I kind of looked at it. There was like one day where I was like, I don't know if I could do this anymore. But I didn't really want to take the leap yet and move back to Indianapolis without a job. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to make the most of this time. I am going to enjoy hanging out with my coworkers outside of work. We're going to have fun. We're going to live it up going to go out with all of these vendors to these fun activities and just like I just made it a priority to be with people and that was what saved me during that time. I remember like even noticing that you just sounded more happy when you were like starting to build relationships and friendships with your coworkers and take more advantage of like all the amenities and activities you could do and I remember thinking like hmm, maybe she shouldn't move home she's starting to like Chicago, it all just like felt like it came like too late almost. I know, I know. 
Well, it's, I think it all was so, my living space, I don't, I just felt so not grounded that, I mean, thank God I didn't because I tried to find different ways of feeling grounded in friendships. So like people at work would be like, Hey, we're playing kickball after work. Do you want to come? And I'd just be like, yeah, (laughs) do you want to go to dinner after work? Yes, I am absolutely coming. And it's just like, a lot of it was just to kind of fill my time. Yeah, because it was tough probably kind of feeling like you were in somebody else's living space and you wanted to be away as much as possible. Yeah, like I wanted, I didn't want the people I was living with to feel like I was always around or just, which I I was around a lot, but I was also (laughs) out having fun and doing all these other things. Around the time when I really started to focus on just having fun is when the job opportunities started coming in. That's when things started to work more And so I was able to, and that was almost, that was around the time when really I wasn't doing a lot of extra job searching. I was kind of waiting because things were on hold. So I was just trying to enjoy life. And as I was enjoying this life, that this crazy summer in Chicago, a person at a company in Indianapolis reached out to me asking if I'd be interested in the role that they had open. And it was it's at an advertising agency. And so to talk about the power of relationships, I mean, somebody who I had worked with at the career center at Purdue um, had been in a room with this particular person and had mentioned my name of me wanting to move back to Indianapolis. And so that was how anyone even reached out to me in the first place. And so, yeah, from there, it was like this quick process of this job seemed like a good next step for me to get me back to Indianapolis. There were a lot of perks to it. It seemed like a little bit less stress and would allow me to come back to Indy. So um, I ended up accepting that job. And, you know, it was hard to say goodbye to my friends in Chicago, but we still keep in touch today. And we just had so much fun. And even since coronavirus has happened, it's kind of crazy because that was really the last summer that we've had a true, like, normal life. So it's just kind of crazy how that can continue to connect us. Fast forward to today, I am working at the advertising agency that I had accepted the job offer at um, to help move me back to Indianapolis. And six months or so into that job, coronavirus hit. So we started working from home and have been working from home since. And I've been living back home with my parents and just, you know, it's been nice to kind of be around everyone, especially during coronavirus and not having to have people travel. And I mean, can you imagine if you were still in Chicago during this whole pandemic? That would be even another layer of stress added on. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot because since I lived, my last apartment was in the high rise. I had to take the elevator up to my apartment unit and the elevators were so small. And I just, I hear stories of people using elevators now and it's like, there can only be four people and each person must face one of the walls and have to have a mask on. That's a lot. Yeah, timing was right for this one, for sure. Yeah, so now, I mean, I will say, like, one thing I kind of thought moving back would, I don't know, this was a misconception I had of moving back, my body would restore itself, and everything would go away, and I'd just be fine. (laughs) And while most of the crazy physical pains that I was having have gone away, 
you know, moving cities is not the cure. Like I still have a lot of work to do. And it's all about, for me, it's like this constant journey of figuring out how to lower my stress levels, continue to eat like a variety of foods and practicing self-care and figuring out what gives me energy, what doesn't give me energy and how to move forward from there. But the stay at home, work from home time has totally been a roller coaster. I think coronavirus has been a really helpful pause. Yeah, it just slows life down. Yeah, and while it's been horrifically devastating for so many people, it's been good for us to pause and just take inventory on our lives and reflect and reevaluate kind of what we truly want moving forward. So for me, I've I've been trying to dedicate this time to keeping my mind active and following whatever topic excites me. So I've been going down a lot of rabbit holes, but it's just been so, like all of it has kind of evolved over the course of staying at home. The biggest thing for me has been getting back into this creative flow and allowing it to come back in again and allowing myself to do that. That has kind of led me to this podcast. So after, now that we've like covered your whole journey since 2016, when we graduated from college, which seems ages, like ages ago, what advice would you share with like your senior in college self that you wish you knew back then that you learned through all of this experience? I would tell my senior year self that life is never going to be a straight line. It's okay to kind of just go around and around. In school, it feels like it's a straight line. Like it, it yeah. how they prepare us. We go from kindergarten to first grade and you're in clubs and you're a member and then you're like on the executive committee and then you're the president. So it literally, it feels so linear growing up, but that's not... I've experienced the same thing. Totally. It's not linear. I think my senior year self, I was so focused on like getting myself to each stage of the journey in terms of being promoted and doing this and doing that and sort of like rising in the sense of climbing the corporate ladder. But there's other forms of rising in terms of personal growth and making sure that you're truly living this life that you feel good about and doing it in a way where your body isn't retaliating against you, you know, like all of these crazy health issues or things that have come up, I never ever would have thought have happened. But I do think they're, they've happened for a reason. And they're directing me onto the path that I need to be on. So yeah, I think I just tell my senior yourself, like, just allow things to flow and follow what feels good to you and what excites you. Okay, so then how did you come up with this amazing podcast, The Company We Keep? Over this year of 2020, I've been reflecting on the amazing friendships that keep me going, the experiences that I've had in my life, and really just fully grasping like how powerful everyone is and um, I think for me like keeping in touch with friends has always been a source of light and inspiration and just really being there for people and allowing them to be there for me their resilience and passion and drive and encouragement and support are all what give me energy so conversations about life and career these are all conversations that I seek out already in my life I figured, why not 
package them up and share so that everyone can get inspiration or just feel a sense of belonging or know that they aren't alone because we never for this year of 2020 especially like we never could have prepared for this time and while normalcy has been thrown out the window we i think we can all learn more about ourselves and others during this time by reflecting on our experiences and start to identify what aspects of ourselves that we want to continue to incorporate in our lives moving forward. So that's what I'm looking forward to doing on this podcast. I think people will find value in like almost being a fly in the wall in conversations like these around career and the diversity and variety of what people have gone through and what people's ambitions are. And I think people will have fun learning about other people and like maybe through that learning about themselves too. So not to like spoil the podcast because there's so much to be excited about and look forward to, but like what do they have to look forward to? What's in store for this season? Yes. This season is all about how women our age, kind of in our mid to late 20s, early 30s, are taking unexpected paths and designing their lives in a way that is sustainable and feels good to them. And so we'll be talking about building careers and businesses that are fueled by creativity. Uh, We'll be talking to people who work in both small businesses and really large corporations be talking about finding friends who become family, how to heal your body with food, the importance of living in a space you really love, coming out of survival mode, and then just the power of trusting yourself. There's going to be a new episode each week. And as you're listening, we'd love to hear from you. So if you have questions, comments, or are wondering about specific topics, you could email us at the company we keep podcast at gmail.com. And so just let us know. What are your thoughts if you have, if you want us to dive deeper or if you have an experience you want to share, send it our way. And then also, if you subscribe or follow this podcast on whichever podcast platform you use, you'll be able to stay in the loop on when new episodes are released. Or you can connect with us on Instagram at underscore the company we keep. And that's where we'll be posting about upcoming episodes and other things about the people featured. So excited for this season, and I hope you guys will join us.